Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Oh, hello. Oh, hi, Paul. And uh, Dave Watson. Hello. Hi, Dave. Hello. Hi. Hi. How have you been, Dave? I'm all right. I got stiffed by a car rental company They're trying to charge me £400 for an existing scratch. So, I mean, I'm going to get my lawyers onto them. I'm going to get my fucking lawyers onto these bastards. Are we your lawyers? Yeah. Yes. Craig and Doolin Associates, LLP. Nice. I didn't see the game on Saturday because I was at another game. I was at, oh, Jesus. <coughs> I'm going to cough quite a lot on this podcast. I'm just, that's just the way it is. And I apologize to everyone for that. But you can either have a coughing Fergus Craig <laughs> or you can't have a Fergus Craig. And no one wants. Not a Fergus Craig. I think we should say for context, Fergus is having a medical and they're just very unsure about his testes, <laughs> which is why there's a lot of coughing. Um, Paul, uh, yes, what am I saying? I didn't see the game because I was at another game. I was at the game of, who was it? Palace versus South. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> Jesus. It was all right. It was nice to be at football. But well, you can give us the inside scoop on Southampton, seeing as you saw them last, because we the who will we face next. Was that what you were doing? Were you on a scouting mission for Eddie Howe and the boys? I was on a scouting mission, so I'll talk about that later. But I'm not <laughs> based on your analysis so far. I do not think the scout report <laughs> on the opposition would be great. No, <laughs> no. who was it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think let's that. wait till we get there to the Southampton game and have your full thorough scouting report on the opposition. Letitia did nothing. Did nothing. I, didn't know I wish Letitia did nothing. That would, that would be an upgrade. I wish I hadn't watched that game and had instead watched Newcastle United's game because that went terrifically well, didn't it, Paul? It did. Unfortunately, I only got to see one half of the game 
because of Halloween commitments, which is something that happens when you're a dad. Um, you're a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> but even more annoyingly, the half I got to see was the first half, which kind of followed recent trends of be like the Villa and Brentford games where you thought, oh, we're not, we might be in trouble here. It was the Villa game, wasn't it? But you thought they look quite decent and this might be where we come unstuck and then we end up winning 4 0. But it was mm. quite a turgid first half with, I think, 10 to 15 minutes of stoppages after after their keeper got concussion and then we booed him for being concussed for the rest of the game. Until I, th- he went I think off. To, to speak in the defence, I think um, it wasn't clear. <laughs> so basically, the, the Aston Villa's game plan was to break up um, We've done it again, Dave. We've gone straight to the No, so I'm just I just want to explain. Yeah, can that. I just explain okay. to the listeners, because there are people listening to this, why I broke out into hysterics then? Because uh last week, uh after another amazing victory, we very quickly got into a turgid conversation about time wasting <laughs> and then had quite a lot of talk about how we shouldn't do that and then almost immediately (laughs) it's like a magnetic force we're drawn into the most turgid talking point of the game my mouth was open i was about i had so many things i was gonna i was going i was like what shall i go in foot on first i was like well we could talk about uh, Almiron scoring an, another uh, world-class goal, but that would be almost too boring because he does it every week. Let's talk about Callum Wilson and him getting two goals in front of Gareth Southgate and should he be playing in the World Cup? But no, we we could not <laughs> help but be drawn into the subject of concussion. <laughs> I think this is because we're not used to being successful and it feels weird. Yeah. So let's just skirt over that and just say that... No, let's go deep. No other podcast (laughs) is going deep on this issue. No other other podcast is time-wasting about time-wasting. Yeah, the the first half, it was just by design, it was very stop-start. Aston Villa knew that they couldn't compete with us at the energy we play at, so they just stop-start the game. And then as soon as we get the penalty, they have to come out and, and attack, which is why we destroyed them in the second half. So, Callum Wilson. Fucking good, isn't he? Let's talk about Callum Wilson. Yeah. There were two international managers, as far as we know. Maybe there were more from... Maybe the manager from the Faroe Islands was in as well, just on a, on a weekend away. But um, I think taking over a national team might be worth considering for us to get tickets to Newcastle games. <laughs> I might try and take over a small nation's football team just to get a seat. So the England manager was in, as was the Brazil manager. Uh, Callum Wilson, I mean, if if he's not injured, he, ha- he has to go to the World Cup, right? Definitely, definitely. Not just because <laughs> he's scored um, six goals already this season. It's He's, he's consistently a threat. He's big, he's strong, he's quick enough. He, he's he's like a, a he's a poor man's Harry Kane, but he's really good. A poor man's Harry Kane. Is that the mm. way 
Okay. I think what he's got, which is unusual, is it's not he's not sort of streaky and he's not hot and cold. He's just hot and injured. They're like the two mm. settings with him. You're either getting yeah. like over a goal every two games or some sort of hamstring problem. I mean, he could definitely have had a hat-trick against um, against Villa on any other day. In that respect, he's quite like Michael Owen. Fuck off. No, he's because, not. Because, well, the two things. Michael Owen was not a streaky striker. Michael Owen was a goal-every-two-games striker when he played throughout his career. Mm. And Michael Owen was often injured. Just making that observation on the, on the way Paul described Callum Wilson, which I don't think was an unfair sort of summary of him as a player. In that respect, in that respect, quite yeah. like Michael Owen, morally very different to Michael Owen. Yeah, you don't have to split the world into good and baddies. We 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 we, <laughs> we don't know what Callum Wilson is like at home behind the doors. Behind the front door, what's what's going on in Callum Wilson's private life? He might be a terrible, terrible human being, far worse than Michael. Well, if I know Newcastle United, they will not put up with terrible human beings being involved <laughs> behind the scenes. So I hope for his sake, he's not. But he is excellent as a football. Yeah. Like in terms of striker, I'd say he's the best striker we've had since Denver Bar. And Demba Bar was the best striker we've had since Alan Shearer, so that's the that's the level that you know. Callum Wilson's when he's fit, we we I just have faith that we'll get a goal. And another, I mean, I only sort of say this because Paul just before the podcast pointed out that as as we record, it's literally two weeks today until the World Cup starts which is like just mental to me like I haven't, yeah. it, it, I'm not mentally prepared for that but um, uh, he's got you, is it a partnership? He's certainly got some kind of relationship with Kieran Trippier as well who made his second goal for him and you would think that Trippier has got actually probably got a pretty good chance of starting for England I'd say as well. so. yeah I mean, I mean yeah, there's, there's there's a question. Like, yeah, I'm I'm just going in on the World Cup a lot now because seeing as it's going coming up, and actually we're in the amazing situation of having a few players in our squad who might play in it. Is Kieran Trippier England's first choice right back right now? Should he be yeah. England's first choice right back? Yeah, yeah I think he definitely, definitely is, and probably should be. Because Reese James is injured, right? Yeah, and Trent. Uh, Alexander-Arnold uh, can't mercurial defend. T- yeah, <laughs> mercurial talent that he is is not a defender. Yeah, mercurial never means good, does it? <laughs> and, and, well, he, that that's one thing. Before the the last, before the Euros, a lot of people online hated Gareth Southgate, and two of two of the biggest problems that people have with him were that he didn't start Grealish. He's got to start. How can you not start Grealish? And that he didn't play Trent. But I mean, he's sort of, since then, he's kind of been proved right on both of them, hasn't he? Yeah, no one's going to agree with me on that. Don't care enough about England. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit about England, sorry. Okay, fine. Uh, 
Joe Linton got a goal, which is nice. Doesn't happen very often. First goal of the season. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just, it, he's not really a goal scorer, but it was nice for him to get one in that column. But can we talk about Almiron now, please? Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just looking at it, he scored in five of the last six games. The only game he didn't score in, no one else scored in either. That was the nil nil against Man U. And he's scoring phenomenal goals. Yeah. It's, an odd one, it's an odd one to adjust to because you've still got what he's been like the last sort of three seasons in your mind. But he's a player we were looking to replace in summer. If we had replaced him and a player had come in and played exactly the same as Almiron has, you'd be talking about it as one of the greatest signings in Premier League history. <laughs> It's well, it'll be it's, it, it'll, it's. I think I think it's going to be a case of us having to enjoy it while it's here because this like level even obviously he's not going to continue to score a goal a game but this level of form I, it 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 can't continue. Do you know what I mean? Like this sometimes happens with footballers; they just go through these streaks like Papis Cisse when he was with us. I mean that, that's that's a good example because um, Papi Cisse consistently overperformed his expected goals, and currently, Miggy Almiron is is overperforming his his xG. I mean his 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 underlying xG per ninety has increased significantly. It's up to like 0.4 now when it was about 0.2 per ninety um, last season, and but he's still he's I mean Jesus Christ the the goals that he's scoring are are very difficult chances to put away, really difficult chances to put away on the whole. But yeah, he's he's just in- if you score goal if you score amazing goals like that, then you will that's where stats get a bit silly sometimes, isn't it? Because you will just perform. I'm sure Matt Letis- Letizia, who would have thought he would come up twice in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure throughout his career he outperformed his expected XG because nearly all of his goals were amazing. Yeah, 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 and absolutely. But I would say that you look at you look at someone like um, Erling Haaland's a, a good example. This is somebody who outperforms his xG consistently throughout his career. Miggy Almiron's not. Miggy Almiron can, like consistently underperforms his expected goals. But it just so happens that this period, not only is he um, getting into better positions and getting better chances, he's also putting away harder chances, and it's his peak. And I still think we need a better player in there, but I don't think it's a priority now. Will it ever get to the stage, do you think, where he's not palpably elated to have scored? Because he always looks so happy. Is it ever going to get to the stage where he's scoring with such regularity that he just does one of them like confident, no smile nods, just like, yeah, it's what I do? (laughs) I can't imagine it. You can, if you imagine him scoring, all you can see is that sort of that grin that also looks like he's worried the police are raiding his house at the same time. <laughs> it's never complete happiness. There's always an element of fear behind it. He looks. He looks like he's found a way to um, cheat one of the grabbing machines at the fairground. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's let's have a quick break. Because, you know, why not? 
And then I'm sure there'll be much more to talk about in that game. Uh, I think Dave might have some statistical analysis for us. Mm-hmm. And God knows we need it. And um, we'll also go and see what you've said to us on social media. Although we did send out the tweet about half an hour before it recorded, so probably not a lot. <laughs> All right. See you in a minute. Bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, guys. Very good, thank you. Yeah. 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 At the, at the risk of uh, asking another general question, which could lead into, I don't know, something like that, like that interest rates going up or something, whatever the <laughs> most possible turgid route is to go into. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on the game, Dave? Um, not, not nothing like particular about the the Villa game because that's, that's quite a general question. I don't want to get like bogged down into something boring. So what I'll just say is it's really refreshing to see how well we're playing generally. Like the the every part of the team is doing its job really well from from goalkeeper all the way forward. I mean, I say the goalkeeper's doing a good job. In the last three games, he's only had to make four saves and they were all against Spurs. It was he's he's had nothing to do because everybody in front of him's doing their job really well. And that's all down to how and his coaches. And the players. You've got some have you got some how stats? Well yeah so I somebody on Twitter today said I looked like Eddie Howe. Anyway, carry on. I saw a video of you earlier. I thought you were looking more and more like Brendan Rodgers. Take that however you want. Well, that's the dream. It's always been a dream. (laughs) (laughs) You you do have a huge portrait of yourself behind you. That's what we're all aiming for, isn't it? So, So before Howe took over, and this isn't, I'm not having a go at the previous manager, it's just where we were before how took over last last season we were 19th for xg we were 19th for um passes per defensive action which is essentially a measure of how how much you press the opposition and we were 19th for expected goals against so essentially we weren't scoring any we weren't making chances we were conceding lots of chances and we weren't putting the pre- the team under any pressure then when he actually took over like sorry, at the end of the season, that like of that season, we were 16th for XG, 15th for passes per defensive action, and 15th for XGA. So again, we're we're not great, but there has been some improvement. Now we're second for XG, we're fourth for passes per defensive action, and we're seventh for XG against. So we are like by orders of magnitude, we've improved, um, and you can see that in the the. Um, the results we've had, like if you compare the results, uh, if you basically do like a side by side for like you know like Wolves away versus Wolves away this season, and if you use like um, 
who is it like uh, Watford, Burnley, and um, who else went down? The other the other team who went down as as substitutes for the teams now, which is like Fulham, Nottingham Forest, and um, and Bournemouth. What Bournemouth? Thank you. We're like genuine. This is back of a fag packet maths, but we're about twenty six goals better off and about fifteen points better off. I mean, that's huge. That that's. That's an incredible change in in form. And I, yes, I accept we spent a, a lot of money, but some of our best performers have been the the players who were there under Ashley, like Miguel Almiron's a perfect example. Joe Linton's a good example. Maximum, Wilson. You know, all of these players were available to, to like Newcastle beforehand, but the job that Eddie Howe and his coaching team have done with that, with that squad is unbelievable he's got to be a sh- like not a shoe in for man- manager of the year because you don't know what's going to happen but he's already in the conversation and rightly so I think what's been most impressive to me about that turnaround as well if you look at sort of second half of last season we were in top five form but it wasn't with that kind of high xg and we were still quite a passive team and Howard come in wanting to make us a more attacking team playing higher up the pitch but it would have been very easy to just go, well, this is working. So scrap mm. that plan. We'll just sign better players for the gaps we've got. We won't replace Dubravka because that's working. But they still got to the end of the season. And so, no, we're going to still try and control games. We're not going to... We were being a bit lucky about performing our metrics second half of last season. Mm. But you could easily understand them going, this is what we're going to try and stick to. But he still tried to basically change the entire way that team plays. And this is yeah. a squad that's been told for years that it can't control games and has always struggled to break teams down. Isn't it all sort of summed up in that sort of Brendan Bren Rodgers-esque slogan that is apparently up around the training ground? Um, live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Prosecco o'clock. <laughs> no, um, intensity. Welcome to the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> intensity is our identity. Uh, yeah. That's apparently the. That's our thing, and apparently, like it. The, and the stats back it up. And I guess that was that required a pre-season of fitness training. I thought our slogan was gin-dependent women. (laughs) 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 Or keep calm and Prosecco. Just, all I'm doing is just trying to think of, like, (laughs) alcohol-based. It's never Guinness on those signs, is it? It's always, always gin. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, sorry, carry on. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, no, just... but I, I think I think I, I intensity. You can see that across the <laughs> the pressing that we're doing, but you can also see it in apparently like on the team coaches and stuff. Eddie Howe's on his laptop looking at the game that he's just that's just finished and or preparing for the next one. And you know that it it feels like. He's working his bollocks off. The coaches beneath him are working really hard and the players are working really hard. Um, 
And it, it's the kind of thing where I think if we were to lose, and we've seen it, if we lose a player to injury, the the overall ethos of the the club is to work hard and to work in this way that I'm not as worried about if you know if like we've been missing St Maximum for the majority of the the start of the season we haven't really missed him do you know what someone I mean like someone like Jacob Murphy now is is not a um he's not a top six Premier League footballer but he is a very valuable uh squad player in terms of his ability to press because mm-hmm. he's he's how has got that out of him yeah, yeah. he looks like so, he's got a goal coming as well and he's probably put himself ahead of ryan fraser now i think on the left hand side i i've been looking um across all the different like resources that i can find to try and and see one which measures uh if a goal if a shot ends up on the, the woodwork because I'm convinced no man has hit the woodwork more than Jacob Murphy. The ball just seems to be attracted to it that. It is uncanny. It's unreal. Like, it's genuinely... I, I, I can't... Every time he takes a shot, I expect it to hit the woodwork. So there you go. Maybe he... Maybe, maybe he'll be scoring more than Almiron soon. If he can just move his shots an inch. But I think what's good about Murphy is that he knows what the plan is for the position he's coming on in. So if if someone has to go off injured or if he's coming on at the end of the game, you don't think this is going to lose any pressure we've built up. It's just straight in carrying on with the game plan. And actually, he, I mean, we've quite often on the WhatsApp joked when Murphy comes on, but now it doesn't. <laughs> We're not laughing anymore. Well, he was before he was sort of being used as a championship St. Maximum, right? It was like, yeah. it was just come on and please beat three people and score. Mm. Yeah. But um, now he's got like, whatever happens, he's got a job that is very valuable, which is something I don't have. <sighs> Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, we... <laughs> so, should we go to social media? I think we've better had. But let's okay, do it. Let's open the floodgates. <laughs> Pine Thames says, Our summer signings have been excellent when fit, but the two that got away were Frenchman Hugo Ekatike and Axel Legrand. Ekatike has struggled to find form at PSG and Legrand now appears to be playing non-league. Do you think they regret not opting for Newcastle? Um, it feels like a rhetorical question, really. But um, there must we must be in the next transfer window... Now that the the new regime and the new manager have been in for a year, and considering where we are in the table, you would think that a lot of players are hoping for a move to Newcastle now, right? Yeah, yeah. I think when you look at Ekatike, you could sort of understand turning us down, especially for PSG. You look at 
Bruno and even Botman, even though it's half a year later, they still took a risk on their careers to come to Newcastle. It doesn't feel like that's as risky a move now. <coughs> Did you see Richard Keyes a, a week or two ago saying, suggesting that they were, he was going through that that old sort of thing? That, I suppose there's a little bit of truth mm. to it, but it's become like this big, a bit of a cliche about Newcastle that like footballers don't want to move to Newcastle or their wives don't. And, and he suggested that what Newcastle should do is have their training complex near London. Because <laughs> you still play their games at St James's. It doesn't matter. They just fly on private jets anyway. So what does it matter? But them and their families can live near like Legoland. Yeah. <laughs> I this this whole thing about like footballers not wanting to move to uh, Newcastle because it's not as metropolitan as London. I mean, London fine, but like all they really care about right now is that there's places to go out and eat and drink and you know spend their money there. Golf courses, somewhere to buy a nice car, and some boutique shops to buy you know Gucci headbands and shit. They don't really care that much about everything else. Like they, they don't. And and Newcastle is a lovely city. And if you were to live in the the areas where the footballers live, then you'd be happy as Larry as a footballer. I mean, I live near where all the footballers live around here. And honestly, you could you could get the same kind of thing in like Hexham and Morpeth and, and out that way anyway so yeah but like I mean the idea is that their families don't necessarily know all that Dave they don't know about Hexham and Morpeth no they just know they just know that it's a lot further away from London than anywhere else in the Premier League just just do the Kevin Keegan approach just just lie just lie to <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a 45 minute flight from London Southampton Bristol, all the rest of it. It's a 45-minute flight from Paris. Fucking... I, I don't think it's a big issue. No. No, it's a, a mad suggestion from Richard Keyes, though. Yeah. It's sort of... You wonder where... He, do you think he's just gone, oh, got a fantastic idea for Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't they thought about this? Just I think move. sort of starting to play the sort of, like, Piers Morgan a football role. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think... A few people do that actually, as they sort of know that if you say like things that are going to wind up, the it's like Gabby or Bonner. Yeah, him. If you're going to be, if you, they sort of know if you're going to say things that wind up the fans of certain clubs, mm. that will drive a lot of internet traffic. Yeah. Theo Penn says, anyone else concerned about the potential impact and injuries either Shah or Botman? would cause due to the lack of quality cover at centre-back. Are you worried about that, Paul? A little, just because of how good their partnership's been. Less worried with Botman, because I think Dan Byrne can fill in in that place very, very well. My worry is that we still... It sounds really harsh on Lascelles, but I don't mean it in that as harsh a way, but he doesn't seem to be near the quality of those three. And that's where we look weak. I mean, 
team's fourth centre-backs aren't always particularly good, but he looks like one where you think it's a worry if he's starting a game because you can't play it high up the pitch and we don't have that level of control. And a lot of our game at the minute is about a calm back four spraying really good long balls around the pitch and cutting through other teams' midfields. And you don't get any of that with Lascelles. But then we've got Dummer who can fill in at centre-back. I worry, but also anytime we get an injury, another player seems to just slot in who's been coached into becoming a far better player than they were last time we saw them play. But I mean, that's also the nature of football, isn't it? That unless you're Man City, you're not going to have like four good players in every position, like no. who are of equal standard. You know, if if our best players get injured. Could that make us worse? Well, yeah, but like, yeah, um, we're 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 fourth at the moment, which is great. I don't think any of us. Do. Here's a question: What do you think our percentage chances, Paul, of finishing in the top four? Twenty percent, Dave. 33%. Whoa. I was going to say 25%. 25%. But yeah, I think we have been on... It just doesn't feel likely that we'll sustain this level of form just because... I mean, Almiron, for example, <laughs> cannot play that well for a whole season. But I, well, maybe but he can. I, I don't know. I would say that since House taken over, we've we have performed like top six, top four form um consistently for like what a season and a half. And I think that this season away from Newcastle is a is quite similar to the 2012 season where we finished 15th, uh, where we finished fifth, sorry. Because you've got a couple of big sides who are having, by their standards, poor seasons in Liverpool and Chelsea. You've got a raft of mid-table clubs who have started really badly, like Leicester and Wolves. And you've got the two promoted sides, doing like two of the promoted sides, doing way better than anybody would expect in Fulham and Bournemouth. And those teams are taking points off the mid-table sides. They're even taking some points off the top sides. So... <coughs> If we're one of the few teams that are actually in form, why the fuck can't we? And we are in form. And as I said earlier, we're not overly reliant on one or two players as much as we were back in the, that season we finished fifth. We're definitely the best of the rest at the moment, right? Yeah. In a, the way that West Ham have been maybe for the last couple of years or Leicester have been or maybe mm. Wolves. I mean, it's it's us at the moment, isn't it? And I, I think it probably will be at the end of the season. I think, I mean, what are the, what am I saying here? I'm saying the big six. Is that what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Man U, Man City, Liverpool. Was that six teams? Yeah. Right. We've, would, would I'd be very surprised if we finish lower than seventh. Uh, yeah, I think we'll be top six. I said seventh at the start of the season, but I think the way 
the way we're playing, I think it's why you look at lately, we're top of the Premier League form table, and that's without St. Maximin and Isaac. Mm. My worry I'm... is a Wilson injury with Isaac out. If we're reliant on Chris Wood, then suddenly I think we mm. get back to drawing a lot of games. I'd like to retract the confidence with which I just said I'd be very surprised if we finished lower than seventh. I think that was quite... I think I think if you look at where we are, yeah, we're 24th. It's really only Manchester and Chelsea that can catch us. We're you know, with it, on 24 points. Right. Um Liverpool Liverpool are on 16 points, so they're already eight points behind us. And they look absolutely gassed. I I don't think it's it's I don't think it's completely unlikely that we could finish top four. I think. Here's a question. Yeah. Is it is is there a possible factor when you bear in mind the size of our squad and the way we're playing that we may suffer from uh, Leeds or Liverpool style burnout? I don't think so. Weirdly, as well, the person who also doesn't seem to think that is Pep Guardiola. Did you hear him talking about Newcastle the other week in his press conference? No. He was asked no. about when will Newcastle be in that sort of conversation for the top four, and he was saying we're already they're already there, like they're not playing midweek, they've not got Europe. It's I yeah, think that's I mean that protects all, the size of our squad against fatigue. We're not. Didn't he all. also say Steve Bruce was like? No, that was Arteta. That was awesome. Okay. But the other thing, just before we move on from that, is the way that we approach um, a lot of these games where if we're up against better opposition, we tend to kill the game a lot more and we tend to <clears throat> time-waste. And um, what that means is that we've got time to you know, take a breath and get our energy back. The conditioning levels that these players are, are, are showing is, is they look fitter than anything. And when it gets to the end of the game against like, Brentford, Fulham, Aston Villa. There's only one team who looked out of out of breath, and it wasn't the, it wasn't us. Mm. I think so as well. I, we might have said this the other week, but if we're top four when the transfer window opens, then it'll be very interesting to see what the board do because it mm. it wouldn't be a massive surprise if they chuck a load of money at consolidating that place because they're suddenly two years ahead of schedule and have a chance to get a foothold in that top four. But you wouldn't want to mess it up, would you? You wouldn't want to sign a Sprillia. I mean, I would love to sign a Sprillia. I would love to sign a Sprillia. <laughs> yeah. well, you, you know, you there's a, I mean? there is isn't a Sprillia. You wouldn't want to sign a player who's going to uh, upset the balance. But what you might want to, you might mm-hmm. want to sign a, a better backup centre-back than Jamal LaSalle's, for example. Yeah, I think as well, you look at, I mean, our transfer record under these new owners the success rate is pretty ridiculous so far. You yeah. look, Botman and Bruno together just look like you can't understand how top four clubs or Champions League clubs weren't trying to sign them. Mm. And and I think I think what you've also got to look at is that the the defense that has been so good this season, like Fabian Schaal was already at the club, but it's like Target, Burn, and Trippier, then Botman. These guys, we could pick up players like with the right attitude and the right um, the right skill sets to add something to this this club without spending 
you know, a huge amount on one player. Mm. Um, and I, I, I do, like you say, Paul, I trust the the recruitment process, the recruitment team, not to not to buy an Aspria, although we are interested in in an Aspria. Ooh, who's Yasser Aspria. Not Anne what? Aspria. No. <laughs> a woman called Anne. Yeah, She's married Anne. to Tito Aspria. Uh, Yasser Aspria, from, a young kid from Watford. Really? I think as well, the other, the other thing that protects us from that sort of massive flop signing is we've, we've still got a sort of outside the Champions League level wage ceiling. So we're mm. not going to go and sign a Tevez or a Rubinho. No. Yeah. Uh, our next game is against Southampton. It's on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. It's on Sky. It's away. I did have the fortune of seeing Southampton play on Saturday. I didn't think they were very good. That's that's all I've got to say on the matter. That's the full scouting report. Eddie and Jason will be re- pouring through that for tips yeah. of how come, to set up. Come back into the training ground. They say, "What have you got for us?" <laughs> I said, "Don't worry about it, lads. They're shit. They're not very good." They're like, "You definitely <laughs> went, didn't you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just as there's a lot of pictures of Legoland on your Facebook on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Not very good. No, they're not. They're not the, They've got players as well who I think if they were to be relegated, you would suddenly realise, oh, they are all actually championship players. They've got that Watford feel to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're 17th run, you know, 12 points from 13 games. They're not in a, a great... I mean, they're not in a great run of form. It's not, it's not particularly terrible. They've got like, what, five points from the last six games? Um, it's not great, but it's fine. I just think we are much better than them right now. Like in form, <clears throat> we're very good. I tell you what, though, you would really know that the most entertaining era of our lifetimes was back again if we were to end a really nice run of games by losing away at Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Letizia, his third appearance on this podcast. That was very much a a, a, a major feature of the Keegan era. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we've ever had much luck Southampton away. I've been to Southampton away once and we lost 4-0, I think. We won last season, didn't we? Because that was the Bruno backheel, his first goal. Right, yeah. That sort of bizarre goal. You want to give us a score, Paul? I'm going full hubris, 3-1 win. Dave? I'm going semi-hubris, 2-1. When you went set... (laughs) Seven. Seven. Seven, yeah. Seven nil. Well, 2-1 isn't hubris to suggest that you think that we might beat the... The team that are seventeen. Two 0 then. Two 0 It's just because he said if he was going full hubris, I thought, well, I'm yeah. less hubristic. Than that. Yeah, two nil. Two nil. I'm going to say three nil. I said three nil for Villa. I was the most optimistic then as well, and we ended up winning four nil. So, wow. 
And I think as well, I, I trust your scouting on this one. That's the thing. <laughs> it was seen... more stab in the dark with Villa. What you don't understand, guys, is that I've seen I've seen them and just don't need to worry about them. <laughs> what was their start in 11? Well, they had, uh, they had a goalie. They, didn't, they had a goalie and then... Um, and then they had like they had a guy on the left and he was like defending and then another the guy big on the lad. Left. Yeah, and then they had the big lad, the big lad up front. <laughs> twisty, <laughs> someone quite twisty on the wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A quick fella. Yeah, a quick fella. Give us a guy with orange boots. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so basically, don't need to worry about. Them. <laughs> Why are you sleeping in your car, <laughs> Scout? There. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Be a good sitcom, wouldn't it? <laughs> a scout, you're sleeping in the car. Just don't worry about him. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about him. <laughs> he still work. How long has he worked for this club? It's his latest. Yeah. ready in report. One thing. <laughs> Bunch of part timers. You don't worry. Can I sleep with yours tonight? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I just remembered Joe Linton's out Oh yeah Suspended right Yeah mm. He does it like feels weirdly, Feels less of a problem Because he's been starting on that left wing <coughs> And so Max- that mean Maximum's been on the bench Yeah Well you would think that Sir Maximum Will get a start right You'd, You'd expect so yeah. It would seem like a good It'd be It'd be nice to it would seem like a good fixture to give him a start in, even though it is away. Um, and I'm sure he'd be hoping to get a start before the World Cup. So yeah, that would be nice. Mm. There's also a doubt about Fabian Scher hamstring problems. Mm. Um, but in, in much the same as we were saying, what all you do is put target on the left, put burn in the middle. Two left-footed centre-backs, so can it work? It's yes. the Gerard and Lampard of the defence community. <laughs> Don't worry about him. Don't, Don't worry, worry about him. About him. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll end it there. In I don't know that's tickled me so much. In summary, just don't worry about it. Okay, thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Massive listener. Goodbye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.